And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 377 of This Old Marketing for Friday, May 27th, 2023. And, well, with me as always, as always, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who certainly has more love for Disney than Ron DeSantis, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Get in here, Joe. <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, did, you, here. did you watch the DeSantis Twitter thing? Did you? Did well, you do I don't it? know that it was as much watch as as, as it was listen because uh, it was on Twitter Spaces. But yes, I did. Watch it. I did. You could see. do. You could do the thing. I I didn't know anything about it. I thought maybe you could actually watch it. Can't you do live video on Twitter yet? Isn't that because I, I it was isn't not that what Tucker Carlson's going to do? Yes, it is indeed, and we'll get to that in a bit yeah. about certainly about what's going on there. But uh, it was audio, and it was problematic from the beginning uh it was a train wreck as it were of technology just uh just awfulness i heard it was like a it was, <laughs> it, wasn't it like 20 minutes of they couldn't yeah, get anything working start, and then Trump right. just trolled and, the whole thing yeah exactly and so did biden right so so biden oh, sent out a link saying this link works <laughs> to his donation page it was yeah, it was everything you want in a live show that uh, that uh, didn't, you know, just wouldn't go right. And at some point, Musk goes, uh, he's like, you know, like Beavis and Butthead going, uh, there's just too many people in here. Uh. <laughs> it's just the worst. That's terrible. Okay, so uh, not not a political question, but Uh-oh. do you think DeSantis has any kind of a chance? I mean, it is a political I do question. Not. Yeah, I do not. Well, so this is a, a non-starter. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is I believe so. Yes, I believe he has not ingratiated himself to the extent that he needed to to the Republican Party, and I think uh, he has overplayed his hand. As I was making my cute little joke about Disney with you, but um, I think he's that has you know. There's Disney's a very powerful corporation, and it's also going to have shockwaves across all of business. So I think he struggles to find really big institutional support, business support. Um, and I think he struggles to find sort of mainstream support. Uh, I think he's overplayed his hand on the whole uh, woke, uh, you know, campaign that he's gone. I just think he's, he's, he's way overplayed his hand here. And, and from what I understand, and this is all conjecture on my part, from what I understand, he is not a well-liked person, you know, a little bit like Ted Cruz, right? You know, yeah. there's that famous quote from, uh, oh, I can't remember, um, ah, blanking on his name, where he said, um, you know, I don't, you know, I, I like Ted Cruz, uh, and I don't like Ted Cruz, and I like Ted Cruz more than most people like Ted Cruz, right? So it's the same <laughs> kind just, of thing. That's a great you know? compliment. I want that on my yeah. tombstone. I yeah, something exactly. something to that nature anyways yeah so we'll, yeah. we're gonna we'll talk about a little bit of this i wanted to update you sure my youngest and i were able to go to, VCon, to vcon last week yeah. yes that's right so for those of you not familiar this is gary vaynerchuk's nft super conference if you will it was in indianapolis super uh, conference oh my 
Yeah. Well, because it just couldn't be a normal conference. It can't it be a normal be a conference. conference. Right. Now, exactly. crush it if conference. it was my first year, so it's the second year, it was my first year. So I didn't know that it was that much smaller, but apparently yeah. I learned that the year before in Minneapolis, it was about 7,000 and this year is about 3,000, 3,500. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Well, very much course, like most conferences. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the other thing is, is, is whether you believe you're in crypto winter or not, it had an effect. There's a lot of people who were oh, sure. yeah. very bullish on what was going on in that area. And, and, and it's, what's interesting is there were a lot of web three, a lot of web three breakout sessions, but no, none in the keynotes, like everything in the keynote is motivational entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, Jesse Itzler, I don't know if you know, Jesse Itzler, uh, one I of the don't. owners of the Atlanta Hawks, like motivational guy, one of the best keynotes I've okay. ever seen. Yep. Five things you'd put oh, on wow. your napkin okay. was this presentation and sort of blew us away. It was, it was incredible. Uh, the, the, uh, the night before we saw Buster Rhymes and <laughs> First nice. of all, you don't realize how many Busta Rhymes songs you really know until you listen to Busta Rhymes. He did something amazing. In, so I'm he, not sure he I has know like any Busta Rhymes songs, but uh, you know, you you, that, you do go to your go to a playlist and you will know. You're like, oh, I know that one. I know that one from Mariah Carey. Yeah. Like you know. I, I, okay, so just to be clear, I do not have a Busta Rhymes playlist, but but you will after this one. So a couple <laughs> things of I have to do a shout out to Busta Rhymes. First of all, one of the best entertainers I've ever seen in person. And I, wow, I've okay. never seen anyone rap. He has such a unique style of rap. Uh, incredible. I, I just think that if you are a connoisseur of any kind of music or hip hop, you should go and do that. The, but what I loved from the, the, I think more entertainers should do this. Like I've been to Billy Joel many times. I wish he would do this because he has such a catalog of music. He basic sure. Buster Rhymes played about a minute of every song he's ever done. So he would do the minute wow. and then okay. he would do a transition and then he would do something amazing with the video and on stage. And then he would go into the other one. I mean, so you got, so in an hour, we got to hear every one of the songs he's ever done in his life. And I'm like, huh, I was, was kind of digging that. Um, yeah. So anyways, I love the conference. We had a great time. Of course, there's some event thing like, I've, I always go to an event. I'm like, oh, they should do that differently. They spend a ton on this event. I can't even imagine how much they spent on staffing and and whatnot. But the the Thursday was a whole field day. It was all outside. They had a pickleball court tournament. They had a human crane where you you were blindfolded and they dropped you in nice. to like a pit of balls and you could pull out like exclusive merch and stuff like that. So that was interesting. And uh, and then Buster Rhymes. And then the next day, uh, my youngest, Adam and I, we basically went to as many of the keynotes as we had. But so, so what I wanted to tell you was the theme more than anything else, <laughs> besides following your passion, do what you love, you know, love sure. one another, stay connected. It's, you know, it's what you do for humanity. All those types of, those are a theme throughout the whole thing. But the biggest thing for entrepreneurs yeah. was sense of urgency is almost everyone. It's like, okay, you're an entrepreneur. You've got to make it happen. Now you've got to do it. What's taking you so long. The guy that, I can't Baffert, uh, the guy that does the bar rescue, uh, program oh, okay. for yeah. years. I can't think I've of his him name. On TikTok. Yeah. yeah. He was tremendous. He starts out with, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. And he told a 30 minute story and it was tremendous. And the, his whole thing was I can go ahead and change somebody's entire business and do it in a 48 hour period or something like that. He says, what's taking you so long? Like, 
You have to just make your decisions, go with your gut, stop waiting. And it was really, really powerful, at least, you know, from my standpoint as an entrepreneur, from yours as an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes we hold our decisions and like, oh, it's not the right time or not the right resources or whatever. He's like, you just need to get off your butt and just yes or no, make the decision and go. He's just like, I go into somebody's business, look at it for nine hours, totally do the, all the branding, the business model, the positioning, everything else. And, and you know, by the end of the week, we've got it fixed. What's taking you so long? Right. I'm like, you're right. Okay. You're all right. right. Okay. But anyways, I'll probably... Based on my uh, my feelings after this one, I probably would go back again. I probably would go back and, oh. and check it out just from the content. The content was great, except for the fact that oh my god, too many panels. <laughs> Wait, well, it, yeah, and 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 it's not it's not necessarily the event's fault, but you know this. You and I have been involved in a lot of events over the years. Yeah. If you're going Panels to do a panel, work. if you're going to do a panel, you have to have trained moderators that know what they're doing. Sure. Or, and, and well, not only do you have to have trained moderators, you have to, you have to have not trained per se, but, but certainly you have to help instruct uh, the panelists. Yes. Because every panel suffers from the same thing, which is, you know, I call it the me too syndrome. Oh, I agree with what was just said, yeah. but I'll add one thing that, you know, sort of, and then it's like, you're just repeating the thing that was just said, right? So there's there's no tension, which means there's no story. And with no tension, it just becomes this sort of hyper, you know, yes and, yes and, yes and sort of thing. And it, yep. and it just doesn't, it, it doesn't go anywhere and you don't create any sort of interest. It's just a lot of, it's just talking heads that talk to you. I mean, there's a reason that panels work. I mean, we could argue about whether or not they're productive or not, but the way the panels are run on the news shows where you've got talking heads shouting over each other and disagreeing and talking about things and blah, blah, blah. blah. And the reason that that maintains interest is because there is a discussion actually happening, not just, you know, not just running down the sort of, you know, two minute stump speech. So I walked out of, my son was just shaking his head. There was a couple we just walked out of because the one moderator started first of all, had their phone in front of them and were reading all the bios. We're already oh, late no. reading oh, all the bios. No. And I said, we're going. He's like, what we haven't seen. It's yeah. like, I already know how this panel is going to go. If the moderator yep, started, exactly. we were in another one that we walked out of that there was one panelist that just took over and started asking their own questions. <laughs> and the yeah, moderator exactly. just, just let them go. And this was the one because I knew some of these people on the one panel. This was a keynote panel. And it was basically the top CMOs. Linda Boff, our friend, uh, CMO wow. of General Electric, was on this panel. Okay. They had the CMO wow. from JP Morgan. They had the uh, one of the, I think the CMO from, or one of the leading executives at Pepsi, at Paramount. Like, it was a power panel of wow, women. That, and it was it was a top wow, women that panel. really surprises me, yeah. It, it, was, it, was a, it was heavy marketing, this event that went on. But okay. this is what, yeah. I was so deflated. And nothing against the moderator. I don't even know who it was. But she got on there and the first question was, tell me, I want to go around. Tell me about your superpower. Oh, boy. And and this is what I told my son. I said, if that was a group of men up on stage, that question would never get answered. That never get asked. 
You wouldn't say you wouldn't yeah. be a group of men or That's even right. mixed group and say, tell me about your superpower. This was only because there yeah. were women and it felt to me and I could be wrong and somebody might get mad at me, but it felt demeaning to the people on stage it, that you have the, felt the it, I mean, you, yeah, you have four of four, four of the smartest five, ultimately five of the smartest women ever collected on one stage. And you, you lead with that question. I'm like, Oh, so anyways, there's some things yeah. I would correct, but long story short, we had a great time. It was great spending time with Good. my son. Did, now did Adam like it? Did, did, did Adam have this, does he share the same uh, thing? He, um, he liked it because he was expecting a boring business conference that you and I mostly go to. Like he wasn't expecting the outdoor activities and the merch and the excitement and the lights and the stage. And like, and so even out in the exhibit area, they had all the retro games out there. They had custom hats. They had a lot of cafe and, and uh, networking areas that most events you don't go to. It's more of a South by South west type of feel if i had to guess so so from that standpoint liked it and well it was great as a father for me because most of the messaging was really positive like i'm glad that he at 20 years old got to hear like this is what you have to work for and you have to set goals and you have to think about your impact like and and i'm not a huge tim tebow fan i I don't think you are either (laughs) by the way the guy the guy still works out so he's on stage we're right in front of him and he talks about this. Do you want success or do you want to be substantial? He says, there's a very, there's a big difference between those two. He says, success is very individualistic and being substantial means you're making a positive impact on other people. And he was saying, yeah, be substantial. And I'm like, yeah. I like it that my son got to hear that because they don't want yeah. to listen to me. So maybe yeah. you listen do you to, want to be famous or do you want the work to be famous? Basically. Yeah. 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 What's your legacy? Yeah. So that kind of exactly but so i would i would go back that's my report i'm going to write some articles about that's a good report yeah that's a so that's a good report all right there there you go well there you go well now should we i mean should we actually should we actually report on what happened this week maybe and take our take on it actually while we're here i mean as long as we're already here robert we (laughs) might as well just do the show we're already recording so okay (laughs) Uh, we do have a fun show, actually. We are going to talk about a few things, which is, uh, you know, we're going to start with this idea of Musk, and is he going after uh, Murdoch? He's, there's been some moves that have sort of been reported in separate places over the last couple of weeks, not, not, you know, not even withstanding the, uh, the announcement from uh, Ron DeSantis that have sort of eh, maybe shifted the way that Twitter may be moving a little bit. Then we'll talk about how the advertising recession, it may already be here. And so we'll talk a little bit about the state of advertising. We will talk about Meta and how it actually may be launching a competitor, not may, will be launching a competitor to Twitter and what that might mean. Then we will talk about how well TikTok has decided to sue Montana because, you know, Yellowstone and all that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know what that even Might means. as well. Let's um, just and, sue Montana. Yeah, exactly. And then if we get time, we will talk a little bit about how the Surgeon General has now uh, placed a warning on social media saying it may be bad for your health. Uh, then we'll get to our rants and raves section, which we'll talk a little bit about. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about the new Gartner uh, CMO uh, spend survey that has just come out and just a fascinating thing there with technology. It's, it's just like, it's the perfect joke 
um, which I'll talk a little bit about. And you, I, you're talking about something uh, on on Substack that that came out. No, what, no, no. Uh, the, I'm talking, talking about the creator economy middle class. So I got a little. Oh, that's right. Little article from my friend Simon Owens, and and I I think it's important. So I'm going to shed gotcha. a little bit of light on two paragraphs specifically. So, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see here. Let's uh, let's get to our first story, shall we? Because sure. that is an, an important thing here, um, and it is coming to us courtesy of Axios, and it is the headline here, which I think is a really good one. It says Musk moves in on Murdoch. Um, it has to be the most flattering picture of Elon that I've seen in, in some time. That's so good, um, and, and it's just—is that a real so picture? Lovely, you right? think? And I think that's probably a real picture that they have doctored somewhat um, to make him look angelic it says pool it get, getty images i mean i think yeah yeah I, no i think oh, that getty there's images. no there fake lighting there's no fake lighting in that picture anyways no no not at all not, not at, at all. all but it's not a, it's not ai generated either yeah. so the article opens up by saying elon musk has displaced rupert murdoch and fox news as the king of conservative media in recent weeks hmm. not sure that that's accurate but all right why it matters? Well, because Fox News used to be the place where conservatives went to break the news. But right-wing ecosystems have turned on the network, leaving Twitter as the center of media gravity for the Republican Party just as the 2024 election starts to heat up. Consider it's been exactly one month since Fox fired Tucker Carlson, and in that short time, Fox's ratings have sunk. Tucker Carlson announced plans to have a new version of his old Fox show come to Twitter while arguing it's the news you consume as a lie. Ben Shapiro's conservative media company, The Daily Wire, told uh, Axios that it plans to put its entire slate of podcasts, which are almost all recorded as videos, on Twitter beginning in May, uh, or I should say beginning May 30th, so the end of May, so beginning of June kind of thing. Um, the article goes on here to talk a little bit about what is actually happening behind the scenes here, but I think this is really interesting. My, my take on this is that it's... Uh, it's it, Twitter is actually making some significant moves here that's related to uh, the election. Um, what's your uh, what's your take on this? I think there's an opportunity. Well, <laughs> if you, <laughs> it's hard to say. Do you think that Elon wants to become the next Rupert Murdoch? I mean, is that if if you believe that there might be an opportunity? I think the answer is yes. I mean, Fox is still the number one place for conservative news. I think the number one news channel still overall. And if you believe that of, I think what, doesn't Twitter have 450 million users? Not all of them are real, but there's still 450 million users. Uh, the average primetime show, if my numbers are correct, is, are about one and a half million will be in an eight o'clock time slot. It's like, could we make some hay happen here as if we get Tucker Carlson and we get a couple of these other like far right winger and Elon wants it. Right. If Elon wants it to happen to the, because you know what? He's obviously not selling any advertising. He doesn't, it doesn't seem to care that it's got, it might hurt that revenue stream. If, if we've been talking about for a while that there's a pay to play option, uh, there's a subscription option on Twitter. Uh, you, I've, I've heard at least through a lot of the articles that I've read that there's people that say, Hey, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm, if I can't get Tucker Carlson, or some other folks on Fox News, I'll go over and watch them on Twitter, and they probably would pay to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you I think? think this is a, I, yeah, well, I think this is clearly, not clearly, I should say, I think this is a, this has been one of the plans all along. 
I think, of Elon, which is to transform Twitter into a content platform of some kind. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about on the show before where we talked about the idea that he could, you know, the moves he was making was really to become and sort of shape the audience, right? To be other than a, a place to talk about, you know, and, and, and discuss and make more of the sort of broadcast idea, but to, to create more of a focused content platform that appealed to a niche audience. And, and it's clear the niche audience he's looking to attract, at least in the short term. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about early on with the weaknesses of Truth Social and some of the other sort of more right-wing uh, social media platforms was what you didn't have there was that tension, right? The tension of people shouting at each other, which of course is what creates engagement, which is what it creates, you know, sort of the, the social media platform. And, mm -hmm. and so what he's doing is, is he's taking a, well, I should say what he seems to be doing is taking a page out of that book and saying, if I can create a content platform, but the general audience is there, which will hate watch and, you know, I mean, just, just look at how many people were trolling and were engaging with the DeSantis nomination. Um, and here we go. This is Twitter becoming a place where you argue about politics. It only works in his favor, right? Because now the question becomes, can you sell advertising against that? I, I, I really, really struggle with that um, because I think there is a broader move in advertising to sort of move away from those kinds of topics and those kinds of adjacencies. So I think it's a really, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting move, but I think ultimately it's a flawed one. I, I don't think that that's the long-term play. Twitter has already shown that they have trouble with their numbers with, from an advertising standpoint. It's not, if you said, hey, who's, what are the best social platforms for advertising? Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, I'm still not mentioning Twitter, and I won't because it's yeah. it's not, and it never has been. So that I think right. that's gone. Uh, so the, so whatever model is, and I think you almost go back to the early days of Facebook, where hey, let's just build some audience, let's get people on there, let's get people thinking that I want to go for this kind. Of, and now if it's if it's uh, the movie Idiocracy, but in Twitter form, which is what it seems like it might be. There's probably there's probably a subscription type monetization that they can play with that. That's where I think well, it's going to go. That's where it's well, it can't be advertised. Point. It's yeah. almost like I was listening to uh, Galloway the other day. They were talking about the cable service, the the, the money that comes in from cable, and you you realize yeah. that it's the carriage fees that they get, the cable, you know, that the the networks they provide. It's always they, been. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not the advertising is just a bonus. That's what I think. That's Twitter's model. Advertising is just a bolt-on. It's like, if we get it, we get it. That's great, but it's not going to be the core payment. So if that becomes what Twitter checkmark should be, and for 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks, if they, if they had, well, let's just, if, if they have 50 million people spending that, that kind of money per month, that's a really good business model. It's yeah. It's going to have to be more than that though. I mean, they have to do something else besides, I mean, they just don't have the numbers to get subscriptions to the point where it's, you know, it's, I mean, it could be yeah, a good small business, well, if, right? And they could and, do it. If they you, don't, if you if they don't 400 million and you, you get a small percentage of those 400 million to, to sign up. Yeah. 
I think you got to get a lot more. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I think it's just the viability of it as, because what happens is, is that, is that you look at, you know, so for example, right now, if you'd asked me this question two years ago, would I subscribe to Twitter? Like, would I, you know, we talked about this, yeah. would, you know, would I pay a monthly fee based on my number of followers to get extra reach, to get all those things, to get the, you know, to, to get analytics, to get the, the kinds of things that enable me to have a much more meaningful, I, for example, I pay for LinkedIn. I, I absolutely am, find the LinkedIn platform valuable and I find paying for it. And it's not cheap, by the way, to pay for the professional or whatever they call it edition of, sure. of LinkedIn that gives you, you know, certain numbers of DMs and certain, you know, presence and all those kinds of things. I would have totally said yes. Today, my follower count hasn't gone down. My feed is decidedly worse. You're talking way, about on Twitter um, in terms of content on Twitter. On Twitter, and yeah. So would I pay for would I would I pay for Twitter today? You know, I mean, I do currently because I just I the blue check mark, and I just honestly haven't had the time to go in and go. Eh, I don't care about the blue check mark anymore. So, and it's eight bucks a month, so I kind of don't. It's very meh to me. But if you said, okay, you're going to pay 20 bucks a month to get access to this content and to do this kind of stuff. Nope. Not even, a, not even, a, not even a decision. They need more. Yeah. Um, TikTok has that figured out because half of the, so they've got 150 million people on Twitter or on TikTok in the United States. And I believe half of those people are creating content on a somewhat regular basis. 50% are right. creators. That is not true yes. on Twitter. You have a lot more That's lurkers exactly right. and watchers. That's the issue that you're going to have. So the content has to be truly yeah. compelling. So I think you're going to have to go to. So if I could see you're getting a half hour of Tucker Carlson, but if you want the full hour or hour and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't believe right. you were laughing at that. <laughs> Just, you, know, you know you can't want even your, imagine five your Tucker, minutes Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Much less than an hour and a half. Yeah. You want, well, you liked Tucker Carlson when he was in, in back in 98. You like I didn't. I, no, I, I I have never liked that bow tie wearing fool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think we'll I think we'll see. I, uh, obviously, yeah. they've they've got to get over the tech glitches, or uh, yes, or well, it's going to be an issue. But, but clearly, be, yeah, clearly, Twitter is 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 trying to become what Truth Social wanted to become. I on, think that's it. That's yeah. I think that's the headline, right? Yeah, that's that. So, it so we'll seems that way anyway. It yeah. seems that we're moving that way. All right, let's move on okay. to our. I mean, this is a very related story. It's a nice segue, if you will, um, to uh, from what we were just talking about in terms of business models. And of course, this comes from Simon Owens Media Newsletter. This yes. uh, particular article, um, great newsletter, by the way. I love this newsletter. And the headline is: The advertising recession is definitely here definitely uh, and basically the uh, definitely and uh, it's a lovely pink image of a piggy bank with a uh, that's a good image that's a good oh i get image. it the floor that's is getting... getting cut around it i get it all right i get that one uh, yeah. yeah yeah no i get it i get it it's a, it's yeah. a metaphor as they say um i probably don't have to tell you that the economy is extremely weird right now says simon uh on the one hand we've been beleaguered with high inflation that's remained persistent despite the fed's aggressive moves on raising interest rates public companies have consistently missed earnings estimates and most surveys place consumer sentiment at extreme lows it also doesn't help that we're staring down the barrel of a gop induced default on our national debt which would likely trigger a global recession oh that's not political at the same at all. time 
that's no, not, not at political. all. Uh, at the same time, the unemployment rate remains historically low, and monthly job reports continue to be rosy. Low-income workers have experienced wage increases that outpace inflation, and the GDP appears to still be growing. Uh, actually, as we record this, I think the GDP revised numbers for first quarter are due to come out today, actually. So that would be interesting to, to check in on. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, basically, uh, he then accumulates a number, sort of a roundup post of anything, of, of a number of overviews that have talked about how uh, advertising is, is really suffering here, namely one from Digiday where the quote is, publishers reported declines in digital ad revenue from about 9%, about 9% to 30%, worse Jeez. than the 3% to 27% drop in ad revenue year over year reported for the fourth quarter of 2022. Executives continue to cite macroeconomic conditions and a soft ad market as uh, major challenges to their business. And they basically go through and name dot dash and future that they're seeing declines. And the article then goes on for some length of, of uh, quite, quite, a, quite a lot. Of yeah, there's words. Here. There's many words. There's, there's words lots on top of yeah, words. Many words here. Really speak to the idea that, you know, ad, advertising is in a recession. Um, uh, you know, what was your take on all of this? I, I, I definitely have some thoughts, but, but uh, would love your publisher media minded thoughts. So, I mean, yes, I've, I've been around the, the publishing block, if you will. And what happens whenever you get the media, medias and all of us reporting on, on this stuff that says, uh-oh, the economy's in trouble. So that happened, what, 12 plus months ago? The economy's sure. in trouble? Sure. Well, if you realize, like if you look at, at the, um, the, the stock reports that are coming out, uh, the profit margins have never been better for all these companies, but we're still yeah. reporting that, uh-oh, we're in trouble. So as soon as that we're in trouble happens, the first thing to get cut is advertising. And we've seen this happen. Yeah. And that's why you've had Vice that go, when came out last week or whatever, two, two weeks ago, said they were going bankrupt. They were done. Uh, you had BuzzFeed make a really good decision, in my opinion, to kill news, to try to save their business. Yeah. Uh, you just can't yeah. be competitive in that market. So... Um, the problem, so yes, this is all true. And I can give you all sorts of qualitative uh, information about the number of content creators that I've talked to that says, boy, that they were selling out all of 21 and half of 22 and now nothing, it's crickets. The issue that I'm concerned with, and I think what you're gonna see, and this is why we, media companies and creators have to be careful is this is gonna go on for at least another 12 months, maybe longer. Cause we're still talking about, uh-oh, the economy and we haven't hit anything yet. Right. There's so if even even if you believe that it's never going to happen, we're still talking about it. And so they're, they're not going to bring it back because whenever you get into an executive meeting, right. you get into a market, you've been in these marketing budget meetings. They're yes. like, uh oh, yeah, we got to hold that back. We can't no no purchases that are that are not necessary purchases right now from a marketing standpoint. Right. So that's where you get to. OK, we're going to keep our buys with the top one or two. This is where. This happened in early 2000s where we used in magazine industry, you had five book markets. You basically had five magazines that somebody would advertise with. And you'd have, you had 01 and 02 and 03 happen. And of course that went to then one and two. And that meant book three, four, and five went out of business at that time. We're yep. seeing the same yep. thing happen with these digital properties and it's just started. So I'm okay, Buzzfeed, Vice, I wanna know who's next. So in the next six months, you're gonna have three or four more major media companies say that my advertising model is broken, we've got to do major scale backs or uh, we're going out of business. 
So I don't know what you think about that whole thing. I well, it it, it it's interesting because I think there are I uh, so your 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 main point there about the idea of you know our perception is reality kind of thing is. Uh, I think is the most appropriate one there, right? You know, so, you know, as, as I said to someone, uh, I think it was last week, I said, I definitely predict a recession somewhere between the next two and 48 months. And so, um, you know, yeah, there's a recession right. every seven years. So yes, we're, exactly. Yeah. So somewhere between the next two and six years, I think we're going to have a, yeah. a, 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 it's a, a pretty a good recession. Call. So, pretty good call. But, I mean, <laughs> But this is the thing we've been we've been predicting recession. You know, it, the, the next month will be the recession for the next, uh, you know, for the for the last I don't know year and a half or so. We've been predicting recession, and it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, now we'll see what happens with the revised numbers from Q1. We'll see what happens if they don't the chuckleheads in 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 Washington D.C. don't figure out this whole debt ceiling thing, which is they don't will. even get me on a rant on that. It happens ridiculous. all the time. Um, I know it happens all the time, and the media overplays this. And and but it, it's still just ridiculous that we even have this conversation from time to time. Um, and then uh, the the real thing here is, and and I'm and this will segue a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about this later when I get to my my commentary about the CMO spend and survey. But just a, a bit of a spoiler alert: the top two increases in spending in budget. So the overall budgets are flat, just again, spoiler alert here. Um, the interesting thing you know, is that the biggest increases are social advertising, video advertising, and influencer marketing. Um, and so I think what we're going to see here is just, it's a right-sizing of the marketplace, right? It's a right-sizing of the advertising marketplace as it, you know, it just got really overheated in the pandemic and, and sort of the months coming out of that. And leading up to it, and I think a lot of those, these media companies over, you know, got out over their skis a little bit, and I think we're seeing the suffering from that, right? We're seeing what yeah. BuzzFeed what happened to BuzzFeed, right, by saying, "Hey, we can go public now." You know, we're seeing with Vice, Vice arguably grew too fast. It just grew, it just grew way too fast and got out, you know, a bit of uh, ahead of themselves. And so I think what we're seeing now is on the publisher side. Because many of these niche publishers are doing okay, they're doing fine, but it's the sort of bigger sort of aggregated sort of groups that seem to be suffering a little bit. But if you look at Dot Dash Meredith, for example, they are the biggest publisher. They're doing they're doing well. They're doing you know they're doing niche they're, publications they're doing, are fine for yeah. the most part, even large niche niche publications. But you know what, I I I think you're right. But I'd also Maybe it's something bigger that we should be talking about is the fact that we've been over-indexed in advertising since the seventies. We've oh, never come out of that. So is it That's possible right. that this is a long-term adjustment, right? We thought that we were going to yep. have this before. We thought it was going to happen in 0102. It didn't happen. We thought it was going to happen in 0809. Didn't happen. We were still spending more of our dollars on. And so maybe now is the time when we're like, yeah, maybe it's not in advertising anymore. And I, I talked with somebody on the call just uh, on a call just before this one. They were talking, asking them about spending and content marketing. I said, spending and content marketing is up significantly over the past 10 years, but That's the right. advertising is still the sun and content marketing spending is still Pluto. It's not even a planet. That's right. I've been exactly. using that one for 10 Great years because it's still true. Yeah. 
So yeah, it is true. It is true. And and well, that so I'm not even going to comment on that because it's it, you you have now just captured the backbone theme of my commentary in just a little bit. So I'll, oh good, I'll oh, save yeah. my my sort of good. If you're going to talk about a, uh, something that I like to hear, then I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Because that's all I live for you, my friend. You I do. do. You do. All I do you, again, you know your role. You 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 yes, stay in your lane. I do. I do. And I it really works for both. It really absolutely. works for both of us. Yeah, it does. It so. does. It really does. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about Meta because we haven't talked about Meta for the last five minutes, um, and this also segues nicely from where we were with with what Twitter is doing and where it may be going, and also where the advertising model is going. But we're going to talk a little bit about what Instagram uh, seems to be doing here in the background. Um, I, I think there may be some really fun coy games going on here. But basically, this is a, an article from Marketing Brew. Um, and they basically say the details on Instagram's not yet released Twitter competitor. And the headline just does not pay on itself because it's really just not a lot of details. Let's just nope. be honest. No, nope. um, it's just so, anyway, something. Um, Yep. You know, it's a it's a it's an AI generated headline, I'm sure. So um, <laughs> uh, I, actually, I'm not sure. I have no idea. But anyway, let's target the phrase Twitter competitor. That's yeah, exactly. something like that. That's yeah. Bingo. Uh, earlier this year, a site called Money Control caught wind of the new app, noting that Meta is hashing out a plan to build a standalone text-based content app. Last week, more details came out thanks to Leah Haberman, who shared in her newsletter that Instagram's new Twitter-like text app may be here as soon as the end of June. Over the weekend, newly minted Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino, such a great name, uh, tweeted Game On in response to coverage of the upcoming app, which comes as she takes helm of a platform that struggled to retain advertisers since Elon Musk bought it last fall. Haberman, a UCLA professor specializing in social media and influencer marketing, published a screenshot of the app's description in her newsletter, in case you missed it. Uh, the screenshot states that uh, the certain other apps, like Mastodon, will be compatible with the text-based app. It also says Instagram's community guide. <clears throat> excuse me. Instagram's community guidelines will be enforced on it. And then it goes on to sort of talk a little bit about what's uh, what's actually happening here and whether it's just a shiny new toy. Yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, the, again, again, the headline, eh, it, not a lot of details there, but it does seem that uh, Instagram Meta is doing what we thought it would do, which is launch a, you know, take this opportunity to launch a competitor to Twitter. What do you, so this is oh, good, sorry. bad, you think people will buy it? What, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I'm really feeling weird about this one because this is complete fake news. There, we just okay. talked about. We just talked All about right. the fact. I like it. Yeah, well, we just talked about the fact that the Twitter business model is terrible. So you're <laughs> you're you're going to tell me that Meta, right. a, a reasonably intelligent company, right? Zuckerberg, whatever yeah. you feel about them, generally smart person. Instagram, pretty amazing tool. They've done fairly well. The the big the, the best acquisition ever. Some some yep. people might say. You're going to yeah. say, okay, we're going to forget all that and the fact exactly. that our stock is up 300% in the last nine months, and we're going to go down into the gutter and go pick up this Twitter business model because it looks interesting. This I don't know where this article came from or how they did this. Is It's a total head fake. There's no way they're going to do that. What they should be focused yes. on, and they are, is... TikTok, I'm very concerned because our lobbying on the Hill is not working very well because they're still in business. Yeah. Right. We've got to figure that out, 
right? Yeah. It's, this is oh, this is silly. This is why this I said Twitter competitor stuff is silly. Yeah. Nobody wants to be Twitter. I think this is it. I think you are exactly right. <laughs> I think this is a total head fake. I think they planted this story. I think they are. I think this is. I mean, I, I this is what I hope. I hope that this is Meta's marketing team yes. doing something ingenious here, which is basically planting this story, getting this out, the, the rumors of this thing out here, which does nothing other than to for, provide some sort of threat to Twitter, which uh, they're not threatened by Twitter. Nobody's threatened by Twitter, Nobody. by the way. Nobody's um, threatened. And Nobody so wants to be there. The idea here is, I think you're exactly right. The, the, the likelihood, I mean, if they actually do launch this, it would be, Here's the thing. Because I have seen Meta do such ham-fisted marketing and product launches before. Yeah. By the way, they've they're 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 original to your point. They acquire great. They make great acquisitions. Yes. They Wonderful. launch new products awfully. Right? Meta Quest and so, Quest uh, Quest aside maybe, yeah. but we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I think this is a total I think this is a total PR strategy move by uh, by Meta, um, and I think they're n not launching anything at all. I think this is to get people to talk about Instagram, and to get to pe people to think, "Ooh, Instagram's going to be this really cool new thing. I should continue yeah. to move over there." Because guess what? They're trying to they're trying to get people to migrate off of TikTok to get onto Instagram. I think your lobbying comment is spot on. I think this is exactly uh, a, a brilliant. And again, I say that with the caveat that it even feels weird saying that a brilliant PR and comms move from Meta. I think you're, I think you're yeah. spot on. No, I think no, no. I I've reconsidered. I think Instagram is going to launch okay. a Twitter competitor, and it's called InstaFlop, and it's going to be very <laughs> successful. <laughs> Insta that's so good though. InstaFlop. So Maybe that's the name. Insta yeah, that's probably the name of this episode. To oh your phone, you know what to your so phone funny? soon. Coming to your phone, InstaFlop. Oh my gosh! It, it will, it, yeah, it'll, it'll, was... it'll take five seconds of your time and make no money at all. <laughs> InstaFlop. <laughs> oh my goodness okay. gracious! I, you know, here's the, the, the funny thing is, that <laughs> if if Meta's marketing team had a great sense of humor, that would actually be a fantastic. Oh, that would be good if they, were, a, if they were. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's what yeah. like if if Donald Trump was running their marketing, that's probably what that's that's what he would do. Exactly right. That's exactly. I can't right. believe that that'd be good marketing. But anyways, so yeah. Anyway, anyway. All right. One last story here before we get to our rants and rave section, and it is about our friends at TikTok. Um, it's funny how we sort of work all these ideas to sort of it's segue interesting into that, each other. Well, it's interesting lovely. that you plan it um, this way. Not it's it's you. It's all you. Well. Because yeah, I had somebody is, again. I know my swim lanes. Yeah, I had three yeah, people. I, I, I had three people come yeah. up to me, Vicon, saying, "We love the podcast, Joe, and and we're glad that you spend no time on preparation. Thank God for Robert." They all said, "I'm like, that's what he's oh there. my gosh, they, it's a it's really well, a thing." You're like, "How do you how do you do that?" And you just sit in there and you don't prepare at all. I'm like, I do read the articles. Yeah, maybe I read the headlines. Uh, yeah, Anyways. there's yeah. yeah, there's that, there's Anyways. that. Boom. Um, there you right. go. Uh, your this is actually a, a, yeah, this is a story that you had sent over actually, which is, uh, 
TikTok, I mean, this is this is a sentence that I did not say think I would say in my lifetime, but here we go. TikTok sues Montana over its new law banning the app. Uh, the article opens up by saying TikTok has filed a federal lawsuit against Montana. <laughs> Just that opening line. I mean, TikTok has filed a federal lawsuit against you Montana. You didn't think it was coming. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's that's an episode of Yellowstone right there. Get out of it. Um, <laughs> we need these TikToks out of here. No, that's the John other way Dunn. around. Hey, no, it's TikTok. John Dunn. We, got the we don't want any Montana on our Chinese-owned Instagram. Let's go teach these TikTok fools what we do for a living here in Montana. <laughs> anyway, TikTok has filed a federal lawsuit against Montana after the state passed a law last week intended to ban the app from being downloaded within its borders. The widely expected lawsuit argues that banning a hugely popular social media app amounts to illegal suppression of free speech tantamount to censorship. The Montana law unlawfully abridges one of the core freedoms guaranteed by the First Amendment, the suit claims. Lawyers for Chinese-owned TikTok also argue that the national security threat raised by officials in Montana is not something that state officials can attempt to regulate since foreign affairs and national security matters are a federal issue. The suit seeks to have the Montana law, which has not gone into effect yet, overturned. Last week, TikTok creators filed the first challenge to the law saying it violates free speech rights. I mean, this is just silliness on top of silliness, but, um, do you have a particular take on this? Well, so yeah, so Montana <laughs> comes out with the ban. Well, we talked about the government bans in the UK and in the U S so that's all happened. Yeah. And, uh, TikTok is, is in, whoever's running the ship over there is incredibly intelligent because this is just part of the whole plan to make sure that it will not be banned. Right. And I was the first that's to right. say it. a long time ago, I said, I think that TikTok will be banned. Over the past few weeks, they've been really, really good about working with Oracle and, and working on the you know, the data and the privacy, and they're saying all the right things. And th that uh, the the hill, the thing on the hill that the, the TikTok did has really helped yeah. TikTok because creators on the platform have really come together, including the ones in Montana, exactly. and said, you're trying to hurt my livelihood. So now That's the right. U.S. is going to come at them with, Montana in this case, but the other states is going to say, hey, we don't want this Chinese owned company and whatever the case is. But now you've got United States citizens saying, don't do this. We rely on TikTok for our livelihood. This is very, very yeah. difficult for the U.S. to battle right now. So, yep, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, it's it. The funny thing to me is it's almost like let's let, let me pull this manual off the shelf of how to how to kill our PR effort. Let me look here. Chapter one, chapter one. Ah, yes. Shoot ourselves in the foot by basically blaming the users and uh, having one of the states ban the platform. Right? I mean, it's like yep. th this is what you're what they're what Montana has successfully done by banning the the by banning TikTok sort of, you know, carte blanche, as it were, yep. Um, yep. is to is to say, hey, uh, you know, we're trying to be out ahead of this. But for the federal government, who's trying to build up a case of both in the court of public opinion as well as the legal uh, rights to do this, they've basically said, uh, I, I got to imagine they're just going, oh, my gosh, can, I, 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 I can't even. You right? think they because, jumped the shark is what you're saying. Montana yeah, jumped totally. the shark with this one. They should have just held back and done it where you'd had a solidified effort if you were going We're to concerned. do that. We Let the federal government take control. Yeah, yeah we we continue to be concerned. We've banned it for federal employees because we're concerned about the security issues of da 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 da. Because now what it looks like is a culture war, right? Because when now that they're banning it sort of full stop, 
and sort of feeling like they're quote unquote out ahead of the, the rest of the country in doing this. Well, now it becomes, to your point, a culture war where the users go, hey, wait a minute, you know, nobody's asked us, right? Nobody, nobody asked us if we, you know, and so now you're building this groundswell of user support, which really wasn't there. No, I didn't see it until they, until they went on Capitol Hill. I didn't exactly. see it. And you know what it's become? It feels like a workers' rights issue. It really does. Exactly. Like I can envision people picketing and saying, don't take away my livelihood, U.S. government, yep. Montana. I'm like, wow, the, the folks at TikTok are just brilliant with this. I, I never saw that coming, the switch in sentiment. Well, I don't I don't know that they're as brilliant as 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 the the lawmakers here are stupid. I mean, it's well. just it, this this is this is such a stupid and frivolous lawsuit, not the TikTok suing Montana. They may actually win this. That's what's what's so weird. And if they actually win, I mean, if it actually delays to the point where TikTok wins this lawsuit, which they very well. It's never going to go anywhere. It's just another distraction, no, which is fine with t- yeah, no, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok just wants to keep this just, going. Yeah. Yes. That's so. right. That's right. That's this And so it. it becomes sort of this. They're, they're the best defense is a great offense, and and that's that's where this that's that's where this the, ends up. Going. Let's just yeah, so. let's put it out there. They are the most influential, might be the most influential platform in the United States, hands down. I can't think not Netflix, yeah. I, not Disney Plus, not not Meta. I mean, it yeah. really it really does seem to be TikTok, and that's again. Yeah. Everyone's playing this off as a data issue. It's not the data that's the issue. It, no. what, it, no, it's no. the fact that that sentiment it's... can be shift very, shifted very quickly by the type of content that algorithm gets through. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. So if you're afraid of TikTok, it's not because you want... Everybody already gives out all their data to US companies. Nobody cares about that anymore. It's the fact that sentiment well, there is and something culture can be shifted through the content. I, that's what I believe. And they have that. Yeah, there is there is something to the ability for them to, which there's been a few articles written by some very very smart savvy journalists that have talked about how uh, the ability for them to narrow down location uh, by cell phones are it, it has been not misused. Let's put it that way by uh, by TikTok um, and basically you know where they have tracked. Is there proof? There's proof so, of this because I didn't think they had really yeah. good proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no, they there's had some, better there's proof. Some really interesting articles. They had better proof of Zuckerberg really and what Zuckerberg's done. But oh, yeah, and that's well, the thing. And by no the way, TikTok loves Mark Zuckerberg because Mark broke half these rules already. So when TikTok does them, <laughs> exactly. it's not that big of a yeah. deal. It's like, look at yeah, he already he the guy in the movie is already did this stuff. Go watch Social this Network. You'll see it. Right. This is this is why what we need is broad social media legislation, not just one focusing on one company. But, you know, here's the thing. Ah, oh, my. OK, go. I got to end with this because, you know, I'm on my okay. whole crypto kick right now. This is where the U.S. government. Have you ever been off your crypto kick? <laughs> the U.S. government wants to kill crypto and they're doing a very good job by not setting any regulations at all. Just not not. Yeah. It's totally unclear. You right. can do that with crypto and people will leave and whatever. That's fine. You can't do this with social media because it's going to happen regardless. So that they right. they'd love that message. Oh, we just won't do anything. You have to do something with this. You have to set these yes. rules because a company like TikTok will come in and just steamroll everything, which is what they've done. Yep. So good job, U.S. Yep. government. <laughs> good, good job. Good job. Thumbs up. <laughs> All right. 
Let's very quickly here get to our rants and raves here. And before we get to our rants and raves, we just want to remind you that we've got some great stuff going on at thisoldmarketing.site, including, including, by the way, the ability for you to come in and give us a voicemail um, or a video or anything really you want to do. Send us a note, send us a letter, send up smoke signals, whatever you want to do to ask a question that we can answer here on the show, uh, get you on the show uh, and do all those wonderful things. So get on over there, won't you? We've got all, all the episodes. We've got the show notes, the links, all the things. You can subscribe to Joe's Tilt newsletter. You can subscribe to my little Experience Advisors newsletter. It's an, a wonderful little community that we're building over there. So all of it sort of in one little ball of goodness uh, called this old marketing. Do you think I need to, and we're and looking course, at the, uh, we're, we're looking yeah. at the, the image on this old marketing's page right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you think we should yeah. update that? Cause that's my grizzly Adams beard. Do you think that turns people off when they go to the site? That beard was, I think it's beautiful probably one of the long. few pictures that you and I have taken together that actually looks decent. So, <laughs> um, so I'm reluctant to change it because it honestly, really, you know, it's it one of, really is a good, it, I mean, you're like, uh, a, I'm, ha yeah. I'm sort of happy to be here and I'm like, I can't believe I'm here, but I'm going to smile anyway. Right. There so it is. Was, yeah. That You know, um, when that was taken, by the way, do you remember when that was taken? I do. I do remember when that was yeah, taken. It was right yeah. before, right before one of your content marketing university trainings. That's right. You were doing that. Yep. That's right. Which that's I wasn't right. invited to. I was invited only to come and get a picture that's with you. True. I wasn't invited yeah. to teach any of those classes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. That's exactly right. No, no that's not I true. wasn't. That was one of the, I don't know. No, no, no. As soon as, no, you were like, yeah. you were done with me. You were like, oh, yeah. okay, thank well, God. Uh, again, thank I know God Blitzy's out. So, yeah. <laughs> Blitzy you can plot. also, by the way, catch that us on YouTube now. We have a YouTube channel, which is wonderful. Um, and, and of course, you can catch us on video and all those wonderful things. So, oh, yeah, we're at this old marketing on YouTube. This old yeah. marketing on YouTube. Nobody, you know, believe it or not, yeah. nobody had that. On you, nobody had this old marketing on YouTube. We got it. But I'm not surprised. I'm definitely <laughs> not surprised. I'm yeah. not surprised. All right. Do you want to go first here, or do shall I go first, or what's the deal? Oh, I I'm happy to go first. Let me. Uh, let you me go get, first. Get this, you go let me first. Get this article. I want to bring this up and read this because this is some good stuff right here. Look at this. So this is our friend Simon Owens. And he's yeah. talking about. The creator economy middle class. Now Simon doesn't like the term middle class because he I think he appropriates that to people that work for other companies and not necessarily entrepreneurs, but then goes into the whole thing about maybe not middle class, but the opportunities for content creators or what we call content entrepreneurs have never been uh as it's never been a better opportunity than right now. And I want to read this um from Simon it says, let's say a 12 year old in the year 1990 told you they wanted to grow up to be a professional artist, whether it's a novelist, musician, painter, or filmmaker. Back then you would have placed their chances at achieving this dream as extremely low since it would have required a convergence of factors, including talent, opportunity, geographic proximity, and good old fashioned luck. The barriers to entry for these industries were extremely high. Still true today for, by the way, like professional athletes, which that hasn't changed at all. But if a 12 year old were to express the same dream today, I'd put their chances of achieving these goals much, much higher. It goes on and on. And I guess, Robert, I'd wanted to just talk about this because I still think a lot of people don't realize that the more I listen to, it's funny. Um, I can't, I, did you listen to most recent Prof G podcast? Uh, I have not yet. 
I can't remember the gentleman's name. He's the CNBC uh, commentator. He wrote the book uh, "Too Big to Fail." Anyways, oh, what? Um, but anyways, uh, maybe yeah. you'll look it up while I'm t- talking about this. But they yeah. they were talking about their. He was talking about his sense of the media and making it in media. And it's still very much big platforms, big media companies, big audiences. Uh, and I'm like, that's not media today. Media today is my kid making videos on a regular basis, building an audience, monetizing that audience. And that's what anybody can do today. And the opportunities have never been greater. And we need more educational opportunities for not the not the creators, but I think for the parents and the older generation of this country to know that this is a viable living, maybe one of the best livings on the planet, but I don't think it's out there enough to know. I think if you told, let's say a kid went to their grandparents and said, Hey, I'm a YouTuber. They would think that that's just a hobby or, Oh good. I hope you get a secure job somewhere and not like, wow, that is one of the greatest opportunities today. And it is, it it is, it takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes focus, but it's absolutely there for the taking if anybody wants it. So I like what Simon's talking about here. I don't, I don't care if people use the middle class creator. I think that's an inside term. Well, I think we'll, we want to be. We, go ahead. I was just going to say. By the way, it's Andrew Sorkin. Um, Andrew, Sor- Andrew, Andrew Ross, Ross Sorkin. Sorkin Thank you very much yeah. for doing that. Yes, who wrote the book? Um, you know what? I, I mean, this is not a new concept, right? This is Kevin Kelly's, you know, thousand fans. This is Kevin Kelly talking about the opportunity now to become, quote unquote, a little bit famous. Um, And this has been the democratization of really it's we call them, you know, the creator economy now. But really, since the advent of of the web and digital, it's existed, which is the ability to build a small audience that uh, enables you to make a living. Right. And and it's this idea of what's enough. You know, you don't need to be. You know, when, when, and it was, it's fascinating if you look at the development of artists, right? So people forget that in the 70s, 60s, 70s, even into the early 80s, record companies would sign an artist or a band, and they recognized that signing this new artist or this new band, it was going to be years of development, you know, of live shows, of a couple of albums before they could actually really gauge whether or not they had created a success or not. And so they would put marketing money behind them and they were all risks, right? They were like little startup companies that they would put in and try and get them uh, and get them successful. Some won, some didn't, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But they were, the development of artists was actually a thing, right? You would develop them and help market them and very much like a little startup company. And you would ultimately become really super successful or a failure. There wasn't kind of a lot in the middle. There was that, that middle was really a gaping hole there. But what the digital evolution did was, one, shortened that time, right? In other words, to become famous and super famous now, the record companies, they didn't have to have a lot of patience because, quite honestly, there was 14 other people in line behind them. Mm -hmm. And they could just move on. They could just move on. They could iterate much, much faster in terms of marketing. And they had to because the market was moving so much faster. And the second thing is, is that it created that sort of middle level, which is, now you can be a Bo Burnham and, you know, overnight success, right? Sure. And I know Bo Burnham wasn't, but he is now, you know, arguably really famous, but for a while was just a little bit famous. Like he had a community and he had things and he was making money and all of those kinds of things. And there's that, uh, I always forget how to pronounce his name, Mark 
Rebele, Rebele, you know, R-E-I-B-E-L-L-E-T, I I think. He mixes, he's like a DJ, and he mixes songs and sings, and he's a fantastic artist, but not really known in the mainstream. Anyway, so it's, I think it's, I think it's spot on. It's, it's that, that's the idea today is that you can be an entrepreneur. All, all my, uh, my oldest is a big fan of music and whether it's AJR, which I wasn't familiar with, or now is famous, but wasn't for a long time. Lovejoy, they've been listening to it. It's like a, it's like a red hot chili peppers, green day mix, whatever. I'm like, they're just a little bit famous, really successful in their own niche. And it's more pop, more possible than ever before. So Good stuff. Right. Uh, what's very your, quickly what, here. What do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, very, very what's quickly the... here because um, as we as we run up on time here, <laughs> I'm noticed. Um, w- one of the things that we talked about before the show that the audience doesn't know is that my power is about to go out. Um, oh, so uh, the the power company has said, you know, basically at the, the top of the hour, we're going to shut off the power. Well, there so, you go. Trying to get this in under the wire here. Um, basically, uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of the the new. Uh, of what's gone on with uh, the the CMO spend from Gartner. It's a great report. Of course, it's available only to clients. Um, but there's a couple of media outlets reporting on it, namely uh, Marketing Dive here, which uh, really gets to the idea. The two things I wanted to just bring up are one, what we were talking about earlier in the show, which is this, what we've seen the interesting thing is, is that the, the way the report announcement, I don't know if it's in the detailed report, I don't have access to it again, but the way that the report shows it is that marketing spend now is at 9.1%, right? So just a little over 9%. But the story there that they don't cover in the announcement is that's yet another decline. It's another decline of, 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 of marketing spend since 2016. So the trend line has gone from 16% down to 9%, except for the like big dip that we saw in 2021 based on COVID and pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Basically, that trend line has held true. And I wonder, and this gets to your point, Joe, whether whether or not, one, percentage of revenue is the right way to measure marketing spend as a, as a, as a percentage of revenue, whether that's the right way to measure things anymore. And two, are we starting to either see a decrease in marketing budgets or are we just getting better at being more efficient with it? In other words, are we getting more marketing power for our buck by not using advertising, by not using, is, are we starting to see the cracks in the armor of advertising finally to say, we are actually getting more ROI out of influencers, et cetera, et cetera, which are at the moment cheaper than uh, advertising. And we're actually starting to see the inefficiency of advertising finally after 50 years and starting to pull back on those spends and realize we don't have to spend 16% of our mark, of our total revenue to get the same kind of results. And I just think it's a really interesting question. The second piece that I'll bring up very quickly is the fascinating thing was the biggest thing that they complained about, the CMOs complained about was that they couldn't get anything done. That's what the headline in the marketing dive is. They can't get anything done with the budgets they have. And one of the reasons they say is such a decrease in productivity because of technology. And so they say, there's this huge pressure right now for marketing CMOs to basically decrease their investments in MarTech because we're not, you know, their teams are being unproductive with it by trying to be more efficient with it. So we're spending so much trying to time trying to be efficient with technology that we're actually unproductive in producing other things. But then, then here's the punchline: the biggest investment for the coming year, marketing technology. Sure, so of course. We're trying to acquire so more let's get technology more. to become more efficient, right? More efficient with the technology that we already have. Well, you know, you know and, this. Whenever yeah. there's a strategy, like a real strategy that that is lacking. 
the first thing they go yeah. to is, is, oh, let's let's build up our marketing technology. Happens every time. Yeah. Oh, we get the new tech, the new marketing automation system, the new AI stuff. Everything's exactly. going to solve itself. So. Exactly. All yeah, right. What do you got? Fun. What do you got yeah. this week? Yeah, that was totally fun. Yeah, good show. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. Family. We're oh, getting together weekend. as a yeah, family. We're doing yeah. some things. Yeah. We're just, so basically, um, it's been ever since Creator Economy Expo stopped. It's been gorgeous in Cleveland. Seventy degrees and sunny. Nice. It had, we haven't had one bad day. So figure, and it continues nice. on this weekend. Be outside, enjoying ourselves. How about you? What do you got going on? Uh, same thing. Yeah, just getting a little relaxation. Uh, my wife's been away this week on a trip, so she comes back over the weekend. We'll have some. Nice barbecue time and and all that kind of stuff, um, nice. and you know work 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 all that kind of stuff. It's oh, all been right. fun. So yeah, until until next week, there sounds you go. Good until next week. Well, we will see you next week. And before we see you next week, we will tell you. Remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on this old marketing.